I looked at these 30 names, just savages in all different apartment departments, right? Who were just doing all these crazy things. And I just was like, man, that's, it's kind of intimidating that there's something I want them all to do because I think that it's going to make all of their lives better and it's going to make us better. And it's going to allow us to execute on the plans more effectively, more efficiently and, and get to the thing sooner. Um, and I want to tell them all what I think they should do. And that was kind of scary because it was, I knew it was coming from a place of it's going to help you guys in a big way, but I didn't necessarily feel that I was my place to be able to do that. You're the one who sends staff white emails, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was some intimidation around that. Before we get you to the interview, remember this podcast is brought to you by the active life seminar. We used to travel around the country and people would pay up to $1,500 to fly somewhere, stay in a hotel, buy food, get a rental car, and miss work to take our two-day seminar to learn how to better assess their clients and their members in their gym so they can identify the movement impairments that are going to hold them back, cause them aches, cause them pains, cause them injuries before it happens. The movement assessments that we teach to coaches, the theory and the science behind them, leads gym owners who have clients who are joining their gym from other gyms just like it. So if you own a CrossFit gym, a member joins your CrossFit gym and they say they've been doing it for the last two or three years. You put them through our movement screen and what you're going to hear from them is nobody has ever been that thorough with me before. And they love it. So this podcast is brought to you by the Active Life Seminar. You can find it on our website and when you go there, all you got to do is enroll in the next seminar. You can do it from home. Do it from the gym. No hazmat suit. No mask. No touching weird people you never met before. This is your first step to finally turning your passion for fitness into a meaningful and fulfilling career. And we believe that fulfilling means you have the ability to help all of the clients who you want to help while earning the financial and time freedom to live the life that you want outside of the gym. That's it. Hope to see you at the seminar soon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Turning Pro on the Active Life Podcast. I'm Dr. Sean. I'm going to be interviewing Larry Geyer today. Hi, guys. So what I want to talk to you about, Larry, is the topic of leading from within a team. A lot of people look at their businesses, they look at their their groups of friends, and someone is the leader. Someone is the anointed, like this is the person in charge, that's the person who pays the bills, that's the, whatever. That's the leader, that's the person. You have done a really good job of leading from within our team at Active Life, and I'll give you some examples of what I'm talking about, and I would like to get your take on how people who want to lead in this way on their own teams can start to step up. I'll tell you what, I'm glad you're going to give me some concrete examples of this. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know what, part, part of the reason why I think uh, you do such a good job at it is because you see it as serving, not as leading. And that's what creates the leadership in it. So one really good example is recently you reminded our entire staff that they have access to the ethical sales course that you and I built for the pro coach and for the pro path clients. And I would love to hear the reason why you thought that was a good idea for the entire staff to remember that we have access to. Sure. Well, we have some pretty big dreams here at this company, right? And the more I plans, good call, pretty big plans. And the more I reflect on, um, 
what they are and what it's going to require of us to get there, the more I realize um, how much we all need to really equip ourselves for this trip and how much we need to be able to be prepared to be able to handle it. And, and I just tried to reflect on the, the things that I can be doing way more of to everyone in every single corner of the company to better equip them. And the low hanging fruit for me was to, when it slapped me in the face that, um, every single week, someone in the company comes to me asking me how to handle a conversation. Every single week, someone asks me how to handle a conversation. What do I say? How do I make it sound like this? How do I not make it sound like that? What do I do here? And it just sent me like, oh yeah, we built a 13 week fucking course that we didn't, it wasn't easy for us to put together. I mean, we put it together quickly, but we hustled on it. Like it's well, deep, we, it's gems. We, we put it together quickly because it was a, it was a building of all the things we've been doing for the last yeah. three years. Yeah. Like, and, and more than that, mm-hmm. you, you're whatever, well, how old years and years and years and years of all the things we've been learning passively and actively. And we put it in this 13 week course where there are absolute gems. When I look back at the titles of it, I'm like, shit, everyone would love to know this. Mm-hmm. This, this serves this serves people personally. This serves people professionally. This is, you can't lose here. This is like, in my opinion, number one scale that you can have, whatever you want to get done. Right. Um, and I reminded them of that because I realized, Hey, as much as I'm happy to be able to help people with these conversations all the time, what if I could be helping them with much more complex things down the road? Because all these little things weren't bogging people down anymore, weren't tripping people up. And they were able to just handle these with grace and efficacy when they came up much more often. And so the reminder that that course was there and that everyone on staff has access to it seemed like the obvious immediate thing that I could be doing to remind everyone um, so that they had a skill set that they don't necessarily feel confident about right now. It's interesting that you think of a sales course as a personal course that they can use in their everyday life that everybody would want to have. And when someone comes to you and says, uh, I need to better communicate something, how do I do it? That you would think that a sales course would lead them to that. Why is it that you felt like the sales course that we built is the solution for a lot of the communication issues that they're having? Let's start there and then I have a follow-up for you. Okay. Well, this, this course doesn't outline how to get someone to buy something. It's not what this is about. Mm-hmm. This course outlines the fundamentals of listening and how to hear people the fundamentals of what motivates people to be alive in the first place, right? The fundamentals to um, people's well-being and why they pursue it and what that means and how to speak to it, right? Whether they're going to buy something from you or not, these things outline how to be a person and how to listen to people and how to relate to them in such a way that whether the sale, quote unquote, is financial or otherwise, that you can determine who someone is so you can better serve them, right? And when I say financial sale or otherwise, selling my mom on going to a more healthy restaurant than the one that she originally wanted to go and eat at is not a financial sale, but it's a sale and it's for her well-being, right? And so this course and then everything that goes in it reflects years of what has helped me better communicate with parents, girlfriend, friends, colleagues, clients. Mm-hmm. So that, that course, I want to move off the course for those of you who are going to send the DMs. I know the DMs are going to come. That course is in our pro coach and it's in our pro path. It's part of the education. We don't sell it as a standalone. You emailed me before you emailed the team about this and you asked if you would be overstepping or if you have permission to send this out. What went through your mind before you emailed me if it was okay to send this to the team? 
Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I admit that I hate that. I hate that that happened, but that's okay. I'm, I'm learning. No, no, I think it's val. I know why you hate that. The reason Larry hates that is because he wants, he, he knows he has my permission and he doesn't need my permission that I trust him to do the things that he does extremely well. And he's annoyed that he felt that he needed to ask for the validation one more time. That's mm-hmm. yes. Yep. Okay. So, but, but all that aside, it's valuable for people, especially in the beginning when they're working in a business to send that email, to ask until them and their leadership has gotten on the same path around why things can be done, why things can't be done. So to answer your question, if I understand it, it's when I sat back and I looked at how many people are in the company right now? Uh, I think the email goes out to like 30-ish. Right. Um, I looked at these 30 names of just savages in all different departments, right, who are just doing all these crazy things and I just was like, man, that's it's kind of intimidating that there's something I want them all to do because I think that it's going to make all of their lives better and it's going to make us better and it's going to allow us to execute on the plans more effectively, more efficiently and, and get to the thing sooner. Um, and I want to tell them all what I think they should do. And that was kind of scary because it was, I knew it was coming from a place of it's going to help you guys in a big way but I didn't necessarily feel that I was my place to be able to do that. You're the one who sends staff white emails, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there was some intimidation around that. Okay. And what were you, I guess, what, not what were you expecting me to say, but what was the, you crafted the email with very intentional language that was obvious. You, know, you, you were basically telling me, this is why I think it would be valuable. And this is what I would like to do. Do I have your permission to do it? What detail did you feel like was really important to make sure you put into that so that you could get an educated decision? What, what into the request email from you you're talking yeah. about? Um, the purpose, process, and payoff of the email that I wanted to send. Okay. What do you mean by that? So I wanted to make sure that you knew why I wanted to send the email, what was going to be in it, and what it was going to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I know that you can't make an educated decision without that. None of us can. Right. So you should know, I, I've spoken with staff members since you sent that email yesterday, just because I have random staff meetings with random staff members all the time. Cause it's the only way I get to know anybody on the team who is not on our executive team, if you will, or who I didn't hire before we started to grow. Yeah. And CEOs out there start doing that because you're doing a good job of that. Thank you. It's hard. Because uh, it's also, you get on the phone, you're like, hey, so what do you want to talk about? What's your favorite cheese? It, it, it becomes a conversation that, uh, yeah, it's worth it. But I had one yesterday, and the staff member I had the conversation with was like, oh, by the way, um, super stoked that Larry sent that email out. I totally forgot about that, and I have some really good time right now to dig into that material, and I've, I've wanted to, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to get into that. I'm like, yeah, that's that's great. So I think that what the reason I'm saying that is I don't think that you could send an email out to the team with the intention of making the team better and not have that be okay. Yeah. And I'm trying to move to a place of just not having to take your time to open that thousandth and one email to just to say, Larry, send it right. Well, I want to just send it and have you say, Hey, I see why you did that. Here's how we could do that differently next time. Well, and, and part of that is part of my job there is to give you the bumpers to say, for example, hey, I don't want you to send out 
an email with a link to a new technique that everybody can try in their programming with their clients because we haven't gone through and made sure that it was something that we as a company believe is valuable and can support. When you're sending something out to everybody that is affecting their ability to communicate as an individual or their ability to gain confidence for themselves, their ability to be a great coach, that doesn't affect the process that we've laid out for our clients. Uh, I think that everybody on our team should know that they can always do that. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So why is it, do you think that people come to you every week and ask you how to communicate differently? I don't know. Apparently people think that I'm good at it. Why do you think that is? I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot of learning. Um, cause I think I have a really, really weird blind spot around it, um, around what I do well, that is. Um, and I ask people all the time and half the time they, they think that I'm just trying to entertain myself. Right. But I asked them very, very straightforwardly. I was like, Hey, can you tell me exactly what, mm -hmm. what I'm doing well here? Cause I actually don't, I don't really understand it in a way that I can codify it and put it out in a book if I wanted to. Um, and what I'm hearing more and more of is that I take, um, that I take big, concepts and I reduce them to something that is very, very easily digestible and ingestible for people. I think it's in part that I think part of it is that you're able to speak to both the logical and the emotional side of, of whatever you're discussing very seamlessly at the same time. So you're not running into a, um, into the trap of being seen as the emotional team member and you're not being put into the trap of being seen as the overly analytical team member. I think that those things are really valuable. I also don't think there's any one thing that you do that makes it so that people want to do that. But if there was one thing that stands out to me, it's that when we have the team in groups on calls, when there's 20 people on a call, 25 people on a call, or even um, the executive team, and there's five to seven people on a call, you don't have a problem speaking up and saying, would you clarify that for me? I didn't understand that. You don't have a problem saying, um, I think that we could actually do a better job of that. Do you mind if I interject? You don't have a problem saying, I'll, I'll take that one. I, I'm happy to answer that. I think that it's those things that lead to other people on the team having confidence in you because you have confidence in yourself. Mm. And so now they can come to you to get some of that. Well, I think the two things that are happening there is one, I've been the person who was too afraid to speak up many, many, many times. Mm -hmm. um, and when I realized how much gets done when you do. And I've just practiced the ability to do it. I realize how much, um, I'm modeling for other people, how, how effectively and easily it can be done. Mm -hmm. And the hope is that they do it. The second thing is that I just don't really have a high tolerance for so much opportunity cost, right? If I see something standing out and I know how hard you and everyone else in the team are working, I just need to fucking say it. Um, so we can, do the thing. And I think that those two together, um, hopefully either create the change that we wanted to see, whether it was done by me or allow other people to see all of their opportunity to say something and create that change, which is going to help us even more. Well, and I think that your intent is clear. I think that having that positive intent allows people again to say that's okay. He wants me to be successful because he wants this mission that we have to be successful. And he's given this thought and he's confident about it. I'm going to follow that. Mm. And to the business owners out there, I, I think that there's a lesson for you too. I wanted this to be more about the way that you speak out. I do want to speak to ownership needs to create the environment in which you speaking out is not only acceptable, but it's celebrated. It's 
I, I need to get input from everybody on the team so that we can make decisions as a team, not so that I can make decisions for the team. Well, I think one thing that makes you such an effective leader, um, one thing that makes you such an effective leader is that you are always ready to be led by an idea that you objectively believe is correct. Mm -hmm. Right. So if, if you're plowing 60 miles an hour in a direction and someone points something out to you that is way better than what you were planning on doing, you'll stop and you'll turn and you'll go the better direction. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always feel good, <laughs> right. right? It doesn't feel good going from a thousand miles an hour and punching the brakes when you're driving a Ferrari down the freeway. Mm -hmm. But if the thing's better and like you go through all the information and you're like, this is definitely the thing you can do that. Right. And, and, and I appreciate you saying that it's, it's important that everybody on the team is able to point those things out, like to say, Hey, I know we're going 60 miles an hour this way. Do you see that? Yes. Do you think we should go that way? No, I don't. Okay, great. Then let's keep going this way. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's having that collaborative environment that I think is really valuable. Sure. So give them a parting shot. If somebody is in a gym right now and they, they, they would say, I just coach. Do you say a parting shot? Yeah. It's the equivalent of like a fadeaway jumper or like a punch while you're creating distance. I think, from it's the person? Kinda, I think it's more like a, um, like an encore song okay. for Ben. Right. I don't know. I didn't make the expression up. Anyway. How does somebody who works on a team who says, I'm just a coach, even though there's no such thing as just a coach, how does that person start to ascend to be more of a leader on the team? They might not want to be. Let's say they do though. Um, can you ask me the question again or differently? There's a coach in the gym who wants to have more influence on the way that the gym works. They see opportunities for the gym to be better. They, they feel like they, they know what happens if the gym owner makes the decisions to make the gym better and do the things that they're Got pointing it. out. How do they start to step up and become the leader who inspires confidence and ownership to follow them? Got it. The first thing is make sure that you understand the owner's vision and you understand what the benefits are that the gym owner is seeking and what the costs are that the, that the gym owner would have to be incurring in any process getting towards what they want. So you have to know what the owner wants. You have to know what the owner wants for the gym. You have to know what it's going to cost the owner to make anything happen. And once you've considered these things, to me, it always starts with a question, clarifying that you understand what the gym owner would like. So if you see something that would be conducive to a greater outcome for the gym, it's making sure, hey, would you like this? If this happened, would you like that? Would you think that, that would be a good thing? And if they say it is, and you say, I see a way that we might be able to make that happen. Would you like to hear it? Mm -hmm. And then it's just something that a gym owner determines whether or not it's a good idea or a bad idea. It might lack process. It might lack clarity, but you're on the, you're on the talking board there. I love it. Turn pro. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the active life podcast. If you did, please be sure to head to wherever you listened to it and give us a quality review as well as five stars if you can spare them. If you want more from us, feel free to follow all of our social media accounts at Active Life Professional, Active Life Rx, and Dr. Sean Pastuch on Instagram. Remember, at Active Life, we believe that the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym, and the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. We also believe that that future is now. Time to